Welcome to Down There Aware, a podcast bringing attention to gynecologic cancers in women's healthcare. Disclaimer, we cover many topics which some may find uncomfortable, and while we feel it is an important conversation to have, we understand it may not be for everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Down There Aware. I'm Alex with my mom, Mary, on her birthday. Hey! Not the day you're listening, but the day we're recording. It's mom's birthday, and what better way to celebrate than recording a new episode? I can't think of one, can you? <laughs> I can't think of one. <laughs> so um, we today wanted to talk about something that I had a little bit of a revelation, if you will, this week. Um you know, we're still in lockdown, we're still in quarantine, and um, have been trying to find ways to pass the time in the evenings and on the weekends, and I found a workout video on YouTube that was from Pop Sugar, partnered with Plyo, um, and it was just this fun little dance video. It was not easy for someone who is not regularly working out, but trying to. Um, but it was fun. And toward the end of it, the woman leading all the mo- moves and stuff said something along the lines of, just remember, your body deserves this workout. And I almost immediately broke into tears. First off, side note, that just goes to show you that still almost a year out from cancer surgery, my hormones are way jacked up even that far out because normally something like that wouldn't bring me to tears. But it really got me thinking, I don't think I've ever thought that my body deserved anything. In my 33 years, my body has been through quite a lot of surgeries and illness and cancer. And I have multiple pieces and parts that have been inputted that's not a word implanted. <laughs> that have been implanted inside of me. Um, I used to joke that I was the bionic woman. Um, and so I just, I don't know, my body didn't do anything for me. It didn't run a marathon. It didn't birth a baby. It didn't, it didn't, didn't do anything for me. So you kind of felt like it had betrayed you. Yeah, I did. I felt like my body had been betraying me. And so subconsciously obviously like I hadn't sat down and thought like I'm never gonna work out because I hate my body or (laughs) I'm never gonna eat healthy food because I hate my body but I think subconsciously um all of that compiled on top of it um on top of each other over many many years it really started when I was 15 so over 18 years it's just been piling up and piling up and piling up and then finally this one person saying this one thing on a workout video that she posted over a year ago um just struck me like, oh, maybe my body does deserve more than I give it. Well, and I guess in the sense of your body is part of you and you as a human being deserve everything that's best for you. Um, But maybe you didn't differentiate that way when you heard that comment. Yeah, I really didn't. You know, it was, um, it was separate. Um, And I was talking to a friend about it and told him about my kind of revelation this week. And he was like, okay, your body was sick, but it got fixed. (laughs) Like, it's not, you know, it's not like it's still sick and still 
whatever. Um, there are scars from all of the things that have happened to me, but those really haven't bothered me. I know that some people, and I've done a little bit of research this week, um, and a lot of people have issues with their scars. And that is something that um, maybe because I was so young when I started having surgeries, it just never occurred to me. Um, I will say the most annoying thing about scars is when they're on your head and they mess with the way your hair parts. <laughs> well, you do have some pretty massive ones on your head. I, I think for me, scars tell stories. And even when I look at scars that I have, I think about, like, I have a scar. Well, I had a scar. I don't even know if I could find it now on the back of my leg down by my ankle. And I remember I was with a bunch of friends and we were riding on a flatbed for some reason. I don't really remember enough of the details to know why we were. that's what you do in Southern Alabama. <laughs> but I either jumped off or fell off and scraped the back of my leg on a bolt that was sticking out. And it bled profusely. I didn't have to have stitches, or maybe I should have and just didn't have them. But um, that scar for the longest time, I uh, people noticed it because it was rather prominent and they would ask me about it and uh, thinking I had surgery or something. And then I would tell the story of the flatbed ride. So it was kind of a fun story for me. When I was a really young child... I probably was three or four, and so I'm amazed that I can even remember this, but I fell on the porch of my grandparents. It was a wooden porch and um, hit my chin, and my chin was just full of splinters. And um, I remember it because my grandmother put me on her lap and took a pair of tweezers and pulled every splinter out of my (laughs) chin I did have one pretty good uh cut and of course she doctored it up um and I even mentioned it Alex said something the other day about my lipstick was crooked or something and I showed her no that's a scar right right on my chin that goes up into my lip and told her that story about me falling on the porch my grandma pulling out the stitches (laughs) Yeah, and most of my surgery scars are in places where you would never know I have them. Um, You know, they're hidden under my arm or on my chest or on my abdomen. And um, so it's really just a personal thing. And when I see it, and it doesn't necessarily bother me. I do joke about um, how terrible my surgeons were, and they definitely wouldn't have passed a plastic surgery exam (laughs) because they are some janky scars. Um, not done by someone who was taking care of what it would look like in the end. Um, but it also reminds me that that wasn't their specialty. Their specialty was fixing my brain or fixing my heart or taking out cancer. Yeah. And so wouldn't you want them to be really good at those things and you just have to be okay with the messed up scars. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, and I even think about, um, the, the biggest scar I have is from, um, two brain surgeries I had, uh, about five years ago and I had two shunts, uh, placed in my brain that fed tubes down into my abdomen, um, one on each side. 
so I was bald first. That was that was more scarring than the actual scars, but we'll get back to that. Um, and so the tubes ran down, and then they had to place them in my abdomen. So I have a huge, probably six-inch incision that's vertical on my abdomen, um, and it's sprawling. It's red. It's really not. Kind of looks like a big caterpillar. Yeah, it really does. Um, but funny enough, I was always the one who was in a one-piece bathing suit or a tankini or whatever. Um, but a couple years ago, after my surgery, I went to Italy with some girlfriends and was looking at bathing suits. And I was like, you know, this is a, it was the, it was the year of like the high waisted bottoms with a crop top. So only a little bit of skin was showing in your abdomen. Um, but it was really cute. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And it was the first time that my scar had ever seen the light of day. And it just, I don't know, it was kind of empowering of just being able to say, I'm wearing what I want. It's comfortable. I think I look good and it's fun. <laughs> well, I think about the other scars that I have. Um, another one had has an association with my grandmother, and that's always kind of uh, heartwarming for me because I always say I was her favorite. Of course, I think all her grandkids felt that way. Don't say that too loud. They're <laughs> listening. And um, she uh, she just was a motherly um, kind of grandmother, and my bro we were at her house one winter up in northern indiana and my brother decided he was going to lock us all out of the house grandma and grandpa weren't there right then and so i ran around to the back door thinking that it would be unlocked and i would get there before he could run back and lock it and as i was going around the side of the house i slipped in the snow and fell on the ice and the back of my right hand, all of those knuckles were just macerated. I mean, a, just a mess. And I got to the back door and he was just locking it and I held my hand up so he could see it was just gushing blood. And of course he let me in and we wrapped it up. Well, about that time, grandma came home. And what I remember about that was she cleaned up my hand and then she put mercurochrome all over it. Um, so if you don't know what that is, that, that's something fun to look up. It burns like the Dickens and it stains your hand. But I went around with um, kind of an orangey red hand for quite a few days. But it cleaned it up and I still do see those scars. Those are some, and I, I must have been like eight. So that was a really, really long time ago. So that scars were pretty bad to still be showing right now. Yeah, for sure. I also, in thinking about scars and, um, you know, how that, <clears throat> how that affects our, our image of ourselves. I also think about things like when people go through, um, chemotherapy and they lose their hair. And I alluded to earlier, I spent about a year bald, um, after my, brain surgeries. Um, and that was not for cancer. That was for another condition, but I yeah, was... ironically, let me just interject. You weren't bald when you went through cancer, right? but you <laughs> were bald when you went through brain surgery. Yeah. And you know, the, um, the hard part about that was, um, everyone was so supportive and I received so many headbands and hats and things that would keep my head warm. Um, but because I hadn't had chemotherapy and I, it was just a shaved head, 
um, my hair grew very quickly. And so unfortunately I wasn't able to use any of those, um, items, but, um, it, it was definitely an interesting time in my life. I, um, had recently moved into an apartment by myself where I had previously only lived with roommates. Um, so that was already a time where I was, uh, finding myself alone more often. Um, but then after my surgeries, I really pushed and I had to push. And, and again, being your own self-advocate is very important. Um, but I pushed with my job that I wanted to work from home um, because I could do my job from home for a few weeks. And frankly, I didn't want to go into the office bald. And I still had staples in my head. And so that that really, um, not only for like a cleanliness thing, but um, it was embarrassing. You know, I had always had long flowing dark hair. And then all of a sudden I was just a baldy. Um, so, you know, that time in my life, I was kind of down and out on myself, but I will say mom recognized that and plotted and convinced me to get a puppy, um, (laughs) who's still with us today, just lounging, not caring a thing about what we're doing. Yeah. That's 70 pound puppy now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I had a companion and, and as my hair grew, we really just kind of embraced it as a time to kind of have funky haircuts and Color. I colored it and, um, was able to, to do it in different ways that I would never choose to cut my hair like that. So why not see and make the most of it? I do often joke, especially during quarantine, that hair is so annoying and it was so easy to roll out of bed, take a shower put on a little bit of makeup and be ready for the day instead of having to like figure out what you're going to do with your hair and wait for it to dry or blow dry it or whatever. Um, so I don't think I'll be taking shears to my hair anytime soon, <laughs> but, um, again with not just scars, but anytime a part of our self, our physical self is changed in a way unexpectedly, um, it can bring you down mentally and emotionally in ways that you would never imagine. You know, you mentioned how when you heard the person on the exercise dance tape say something, how it affected you. I remember clearly after I got my defibrillator, um, I went for my post-op check to my cardiologist and he said, "Um, how are you doing? You know, how, how are you adjusting? And I said, fine, you know, surgery went well. I said, but you know, it's such a pain every time I move. It, it gets in the way because my boobs move and it, um, you know, it sticks out. And I was just kind of being a little whiny about it. And he said, listen, <laughs> and this was a young guy. He probably was in his late 30s, early 40s maybe. And he said, listen, that thing is going to save your life. Quit bitching about it. <laughs> and... I loved him so much and I respected him for just kind of kicking me in this in the seat of the pants and saying get over yourself. <laughs> so that was um that was a pretty um memorable moment for me that I needed to look at look at my defibrillator and that scar and that knot sticking out as a positive and and it really worked well that it happened about six months before I had open heart surgery because that scar is much more prominent and much bigger. And um, it never bothered me 
at all, and it doesn't bother me. I mean, it shows in just about everything I wear, unless I wear a turtleneck, which I don't wear turtlenecks in Florida. <laughs> so um, it shows in everything I wear, and I just think of it as having been a lifesaver. Um, I don't think of it as a negative at all. Yeah, it's really nice to have people kind of um, check you Um to, you know, like your doctor said, hey, listen, it's really not that big of a deal. You know, you can deal with it. I distinctively remember uh, my last brain surgery, which rendered me bald, was in November, early November. And we always take um, family Christmas portraits around uh, Thanksgiving. So a couple weeks after my surgery, all of our family came back because they had gone for the first surgery in October. And surprise, I had to have another one the next month. But anyway, they came all, they all came back for Thanksgiving and mom wanted to take our Christmas pictures and I was not having it. I was like, I don't want these like forever imprinted on everything and that this was our year. She's like, it was, your, this is what happened this year. Like, this is what it is. Just like when you went to Italy you took those pictures and that's what you did. That's what you showed people. Um, so we took it in stride and I just probably spent like an hour on my makeup. Cause I was like, if my hair is going to look this bad, which it was like maybe a quarter inch spike on my head. Um, I was like, my makeup is going to look damn good. So a long time. And those are some of my favorite pictures, honestly, even though I wouldn't choose to look like that. Well, and we also tried to um, use a little levity, and some of the pictures, we all wore a hat, not just Alex, but we all chose a hat, and um, we took pictures with hats, and some of them were pretty crazy hats, but uh, again, it was just to bring a little humor into a very serious situation, and really, we were over the hump, and um, it's easy to be grateful and look at the fun, humorous stuff once you've passed the worst of it and you can live in a state of gratitude. Mom and I have had a dear friend who um, we would sing with at church and she had breast cancer that metastasized and um, she ended up losing her life. But on her journey, she would always say, it's not about the hair. It's not about the hair. And she had the cutest wigs. And even one time she, she was baking or something. <laughs> Mom knows what I'm going to say. She was baking and um, opened the oven door and the heat of the oven singed the front of her wig. And it was her favorite And it was one. her favorite wig. But even after that, you know, the woman had lost her hair to chemo. She had found cute wigs trying to overcome it. And then a stupid oven ruined her wig. <laughs> she would still just say, it's not about the hair. That's yeah. not what it's about. Um, and so I think just trying to remember that there's so much more to life than what you look like. It's not about scars or if you're bald. Um, and all of that is has an impact on you, but it's not who you are. Yeah, and I think we can um, kind of look past scars because we have been through some pretty serious health conditions and issues, but they were fixable. I remember uh, when my son was four, he had to have major surgery, 
we knew after he was born it was coming. We just didn't know when. The pediatrician kept an eye on him. He had what's called a pectus excavatum. And when he was four, he had to have his chest cavity reconstructed. He had a big dent in his chest. And so we went to Shans, um, which is now UF Health. And um, the chief of pediatric surgery actually operated on Will. And uh, he was in a room with another little boy. And Will was in a lot of pain. He um, clearly, because it was kind of like open heart surgery in that they have to crack his chest. And uh, so he was in a lot of pain and he was um, very young and couldn't understand everything that was being done to him. And I tried to explain things the best I could. But um, within the first couple days of his stay there, after he got out of ICU, his roommate died, another little boy. And um, when Will would complain and be upset, I would just say to him, you know, we're just grateful you have something that could be fixed. You, um, you're going to have to go through some pain. It's going to be tough, but we are so excited that what you have is fixable. And once you're over this, you're going to be just fine. And I do think that helped him get through it. So the scars really just show us we're fixable. And, um, they're just, uh, they're little storytellers that we've been through something and we came out on the other side and that's a lot to be grateful for. And I also have to say, I really think, and it's because you spend the most time with you. Um, you notice your scars so much more than anybody else. Yes. Nobody is looking at you, picking out all of your scars and all of your um, imperfections and, you know, no one, I, yesterday, um, I was flipping my hair back and forth, um, like Willow Smith, but uh, <laughs> sorry, bad joke. Um, trying to figure out a new part, um, with my curly hair that I'm working on and every which way, one of my scars, which is on either side of my head, got in the way. But I look back at the pictures I was taking, trying to figure it out. And I really don't think most people would notice that it isn't exactly the way I want it because they don't know how I want it. (laughs) Um, And so I just, you know, keep that in in perspective of you're your own worst critic and you have to give yourself a little bit of grace because everybody's giving you a lot of grace. You know, if you're able to give yourself grace and look at yourself and see scars or imperfections um, as just part of who you are and and view that in gratitude, then you're probably going to be able to do that for others. And other people may not be able to extend that grace to themselves. So if you're able to model that for them and be there for them, uh, that's a pretty huge step in any relationship. Thanks for listening to this episode of Down There Aware. Next week, we will be finally answering all the questions that have been coming in in our DMs and our email. You still have a chance. We usually record the weekend before we release on Monday. So feel free to send us any questions you have about us or my health or mom's health or any topic, really. And we will do our best to answer those in next week's episode.
You can follow us on Instagram at Down There Aware, on Twitter at Down There Aware, on Facebook, Down There Aware, uh, on our website, www.downthereaware.com. And you can always email us, downthereaware at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.